Okay, welcome to the Powell Radio Show. Um, today is January 14th, 2019. And this week, man, I've seen a lot of stuff that's really, really bothersome. And it's really grieved my spirit and weighed me down. So I'm going to talk to you all about, well, what God says. What God says about people who don't listen to him. And when I say listen to him, I don't mean not only the word of God, the written words of God in the Bible, but you don't listen to your, uh, the Holy Spirit in you telling you things. You don't listen to your dreams or visions or insights or gut feelings he's given you about something, justifying pagan practices over and over again, justifying uh, what you do to bring in detestable things in your home, bringing in the detestable thing, then curses you and you curse your finances, you curse your health, you curse your mental being, your emotional being. You curse your whole environment around you. And I've been saying this for seven years now. I mean, come on. And, um, you know, there's some who listen, and then the majority just don't. And then, of course, then they're like, um, you know, they experience problems. And this is why. So it's just like something that's really burdensome on me. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say it once again and give another teaching from God's word. And hopefully, you know, when I saw this, when the Lord gave this to me, it, 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 bam, it really hit me in the face and I shared it with Miss Kapow and boy, you know, we, we had, we just had another cleansing, you know, because, because of this, we just went and cleansed again. And here's the deal, you know, even Miss Kapow and I, you know, we're not demonized. We don't live in a haunted house like we used to three years ago. You know, several years ago, we were just, you know, living in a, in a real demonized haunted house and stuff. And we had, we had a huge home. I had a big, you know, five acre ranch and I had um, almost 3,000 square feet. I had, uh, you know, a mother-in-law attached to it, uh, you know, house, uh, you know, swimming pool in the front. I mean, I, 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 geez, I had an air force, you know, I had uh, all kinds of vehicles and I had a lot of stuff. And, uh, but the thing is that this house, we had a lot of detestable things in there. We had a lot of death things in there and we had things that were detestable and you, we just couldn't get rid of everything because so many things were hidden in there. And when we moved, God directed us to get rid of so many things in our house. God directed us to get rid of things. I got, I'm going to tell you, we threw away Bibles. That's right. I threw away Bibles. I threw away a, the, the, the new King James Bibles that we had because it has a Mobius sign on it. It has an occult Mobius sign right there on the Bible. Nothing, nothing detestable would be taken into my new home. And uh, really, really strict about that. And it's not just because we were nutty or going overboard or so heavenly minded we weren't any earthly good. We did it because God told us to do it. And God pointed out to us those things that were detestable. And so we threw away threw away so many things. Uh, Linda even gave away her mom's ashes, her cremains, which used to sit right in front of our bedroom. Before you walked into our bedroom, uh, uh, Linda had a, a hutch, a display hutch, and she had her mom's cremains and a few artifacts of hers. And it was like a little memorial to the dead. And, um, but it's, it's, they're detestable things. They're things of the dead. I also had a lot of, a lot of death things from my father. We, we got rid of these things. We had to eliminate these things. And when we moved into our new house, we were clean. You know, we were clean. And what the Lord showed us is, is what happens is we, we now live demonically free. We, we're not 
tormented at night. We don't have demonic torments. We don't have the the health issues or financial problems or things like that that many do or things that we used to have. And it's not because we're better Christians and it's not because, you know, we're so great and so knowledgeable and things like that or God loves us so much more. It has nothing to do with that. It has because we're listening to his word and we obeyed him and got rid of the detestable things in the house. This is scriptural. Over and over again, it's scriptural. And there are demonic forces attached to idols, and idols are a lot of things. People worship the holidays as an idol. People worship Christmas as an idol. There's so many people out there that this year I was so proud of came out and really spoke truth against pagan Christmas practices. They really spoke the truth about it. Um, on the other hand, I was I was shocked to see how many pastors and, and Christians defend those pagan holidays and the pagan roots, um, saying that, oh, it's just a tree. It has nothing to do with the, you know, the Jeremiah and it's not a crit, blah, blah, blah. And they missed the whole point of that. It's what's behind it. It's thou shalt not have any other gods before me. When you bring these things into your home, it brings a curse. I, that's, I'm, just, I'm just telling you over and over again. And since the new year, we're only 14 days of the new year. I cannot tell you how many prayer requests we've gotten from Christians, from people who have problems. There's so many people who are sick. Uh, there's so many people who are just having major uh, emotional problems or financial problems. All of a sudden, it's it's really picked up. And I believe there there's God's was merciful. God has long suffering. You know, long suffering. But I think the time is up, and it's 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 time. Uh, you you have to make a choice, or you had to have make a choice. I. It, I think it's reversible if you understand the truth and you listen to God. If you don't, you're not going to reverse it and you're always going to have problems. And that's really, that's what I'm talking about. Um, some of you listening are going to get what I'm saying. Others are going to go, I don't have any clue what you're talking about. But they're detestable things and you have to clean your home. You have to clean these possessions. You have to be very careful what people give you. Um, you know, I, I, you know, have, you know, because... Linda and I live together, so I might be real careful about who gives me, but but her friends might give her something, right? You know what I mean? And it's really hard to say, well, yeah, I can't get rid of this because, you know, my good friend made this, or you know. But we but we are mature enough spiritually to look at it and go, eh, no, we can't bring this in, and we have to get rid of it. Um, same thing with food and being fed, um, with food offered to idols. Uh, and I'm serious about this. I'm serious about this. I'm serious about pagan holidays and eating, um, you know, pagan food on those holidays. Uh, oh, it's not, you know, we didn't dedicate it to, you know, Moloch and blah, blah, blah. Nowhere does God give you that gray area. It's just not biblical. God never says to Israel, you know, go ahead and, and sacrifice your kids to Moloch as long as you don't offend anybody else. As long as, you, you know, your your heart's good with it. Um you know, and uh, you're cool with it, then, um, you know, go ahead and sacrifice the Moloch. But if, you know, you're bothered by it, I, you know, I don't like it either. God never says that. God says, you, know, you sacrifice your children to Moloch, um, you bring curses on yourself and you bring God's judgment. So you do it, you know, with it what you want. But, you know, last week, um, Linda found this, this guy on YouTube 
and I'm going to give you his name because what we've watched so far, I've been really impressed. Uh, this particular individual, what he does is he talks about the apostasy of the church, and it's absolutely incredible. But see, he goes through different church systems or different preachers, different um, ministries, and he does great research and breaks it down. And he shows you how these people are selling snake oil and not the gospel of Christ, how everything leads to the, the to the to money, and they're they're apostate, and the people that follow them are apostate, and um, it's just something to really look at, especially if you still go to a physical building, you still go to a church, you you really need to be careful. Uh, this guy's name is Service Christie, is what he goes under S E R V U S space C H R I S T I Service Christie. And the first video that Linda found was on Calvary Chapel. And uh, those who've listened to me for a while know that, um, sheesh, you know, I was raised in Calvary Chapels, you know, when I was a kid. I used to go to. Chuck Smith's church in um, Costa Mesa and all the Maranatha bands and everything. That was a big influence on me uh, as a young musician and things like that. Then as I got um, older, when uh, when I got saved, when I got older, when I you know repented from my backslidden condition, you know, I went back to a Calvary Chapel and, and I was just shocked how, how things had changed. It wasn't the same, but at the time, Chuck Smith was still alive, kind of held things together. But uh, they're totally apostate. They have been. Uh, they're very hypocritical. I don't. I don't. I don't. I don't like any church organization. I'll be honest with you, and I think you know that. Um, I wouldn't step foot in one. Uh, it's just. It's not a fit for me. Um, I'd rather serve my God in purity and spirit and truth. That's for me. But the first video we saw was. It's called Apostasy Report, and it's the fall of Calvary Chapel, and. Um, he talks about the split that Calvary Chapel had after the death of Chuck Smith and um, how they've been embracing falsehood and, you know, Satan ever since. And what has happened, a lot of these these original Calvary Chapel pastors have, because it's a family business, it's always been a family business. That's what pastorships are. They, they, they build up a church and then you hand it over to your son. It's a family business. And um, these these kids, the next generation, their sons um, have taken over the churches and have totally, totally really gone sideways and apostate. If you know anything about the uh, whosoevers and uh, Raul Reese's son, Ryan Reese and all that stuff, you know what I'm talking about. Um, the, you know, <laughs> the lead singer of Corn, and <laughs> it's really crazy. So he, Service Christie, we were watching this and boy, and as I was watching this, it was just... The stuff I saw and the stuff that he, the research he did, because I'm out of the loop now. I don't go to these places. <clears throat> I don't participate in Christian culture at all. If you told me what Christian bands were out there or Christian music, I would have no idea what you're talking about. Half the names that are mentioned uh, for big wig pastors and stuff, I don't even know who they are. I mean, I know the old stables from when I was in the system, you know, like Joel Osteen and, you know, uh, Beth Moore and, you know, the, these kind of people, uh, Rick Warren. I know the old staples, but the new people, I have no idea who they are or what they're teaching because I'm not, I'm not a cultural Christian. I'm, I'm not an American Western 
Christian. I am a biblical Christian. My Christianity, if you want to even call it that, but my my religion, which is not a religion, but my way of life is based on the word of God in its purity. It is not based on a religion or dogma or doctrine of a, of a building or an organization. Uh, and because of that, and because I've been removed from that, I'm not under the umbrella of that no more. And I see much clearer when you're under the umbrella of a church organization, you don't see clearly because you're influenced by what you think is right. And it's not right. It's a false system. So this guy has, has shown that he's seen this also, and he's uh, doing a great work and putting out really, really nice research videos. Um, like he has one called more hypocrisy from Justin Peters and Todd Friel. I have no idea who those men are because I'm not in the system, but he exposes them, you know? Um, so a, a lot of, a lot of people you would know he does that. So I was watching this and just totally disgusted with, with what I saw, um, in a false church system and what they're doing and uh, pretty grieved in the heart about it you know, tell you the truth. And the, and the Lord had, has given me some words and has given me some things in in my sleep and dream visions, uh, very personal things, you know, not really to share with, with all of you guys or, you know, podcasters, but personal things that the Lord has shown me um, that go with his word and about the times we're living in and the very, very closeness of the these last days and the the extreme apostasy that we're under and because i get tired i mean i do i get tired of saying the same thing over and over again um if you've listened to all our podcasts basically we say the same thing over and over again uh the same warning it's it's you know i i can't talk about anything sexy i can only give you the warnings it's a prophetic ministry is what it is it's a prophetic ministry it's i i speak on behalf of what the Lord gives me as a prophetic voice, okay? Not a predictive ministry, a prophetic ministry. And that's just the way it is. That, that's been my calling. That's what I do. That's why a lot of people are offended by what I say or, you know, I don't have, I don't have the big, you know, major uh, following a lot of people would have if you were to say, you know, cool, cool things. <laughs> but... You know, at the end of the day, that's all that matters to me is uh, my relationship to God at that last final day and that he says, well done, my good and faithful servant. I, I don't really care about anything else. And it's taken me a while to get to that point, but that's the point I'm at. So let's go to Isaiah 66 because I want to show something to you here in Isaiah, this is the word of the Lord. Okay. So this isn't something I'm making up or it's not the prophet Isaiah writing this out of his own head. The Isaiah prophet was a prophet of God, a prophetic ministry. He spoke in behalf of God when God gave him the things to say, that's what he said. You understand prophetic ministry. This is from Isaiah writing this. The words are from God, from Yahweh, the most high, the creator God, the only true one God, the most high God. Everything else are little G, piece of crap, little G gods, right? 
Isaiah 66, the very last chapter of Isaiah, he says, and what I'm going to do is I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to read several verses. I'm going to skip some and go to the others because all I want to talk about is what the Lord is saying to the apostate church. Okay. Uh, because there's some stuff in here that he's saying to those who are not apostate, but I'm not concentrating on, on those people, concentrating on people who, who may be riding the fence right now, don't quite know what to give up. Isaiah 66 says, Thus saith the Lord, the Yahweh, he says, The heaven is my throne, and the earth is my footstool. All of heaven is his. That's where he resides. That's his throne. He's the boss. And he puts his feet up on the earth. Okay? So that's the relationship we have. He's the boss. He says, where is the house that ye will build unto me? And where is the place of my rest? In other words, I own all of the heavens. I created the earth. It's my footstool. You as a human on this little earth, what kind of house, what kind of temple or what kind of church or what kind of organization or what kind of ministry are you going to build for me that uh, I'm going to find my resting place there? That, uh, you know, you you, you go into a a church building, you go, yeah, this is God's house. You've entered into the house of God. Really? You know, no, 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 no. There's no place that you could build that God could be in there because he owns everything, right? I saw some uh, on these, div- these videos, I saw, I don't, I don't know what it was. It, it was because I, because I, like I said, I'm not part of the culture anymore. So I don't pay attention. I don't watch these churches. You know, sometimes people send me videos of well, listen to this guy or listen to this guy. I just delete them. I don't have time to listen to, to bullshit. Because that's what's coming out of their mouth. I, and I, I just don't have that much time, nor do I have a will to do it. I don't want to hear lies from preachers and, and men who, who make a living doing this. I don't want to hear their lies. So I won't even listen to videos. I'll just, I don't, I don't listen to them. Um, there's one guy who kept sending me stuff all the time, and I finally had to just block him. <laughs> I don't want to hear it. Quit sending me this stuff. I'm not going to listen to it. I'm not part of that culture. I've removed my, God has removed me from it. I serve the most high directly. I don't go through organizations. So God says, what are you gonna, what are you gonna, what, what are you gonna do that I, you're gonna find rest for me? What, what place are you gonna put me in? You know? I saw this one guy and it's, it, it was like a, a UFC fight, you know, where they go, this corner is, you know, brother Kapow, the hammer, knucklehead, and this guy, right? That's how he was announcing it. And he was announcing some preacher. This was a Calvary Chapel conference, I think. And he was announcing some preacher, and he goes, and now God's man from Montana, pastor, blah, 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 you know? And they're cheering, and the rock bands are going, and boy, it's it's like a... It's like a UFC fight, a cage match. It's, it was unbelievable. It, and here's what God told me. Here's what God told me. Here's what I'm going to tell you guys. These people have no fear of the Lord. They have no fear of the Lord, and they have no respect for who he is. 
They do not respect God. You may look at these men and go, oh, they're men of God. This church does a lot of good. They bring a lot of people in. They reach the young people. But they have no respect for God. They have no fear of God. And there's a good reason why they have no fear of God. And I'm going to tell you the reason. You know why they don't fear God? It's because God has not executed judgment on them immediately. Because God has not executed his wrath and anger upon these men and women immediately. That's why they have no fear. There is no consequence for them to blaspheme God, to go the way of money, to deceive people, to make worship a mockery, to make it a pagan ritual, and to absolutely, absolutely serve Satan in an occult way, in a hidden way. God, they mock and they go, God can't do anything to us. He won't do anything to us. He hasn't. My dad formed this church. His father formed this church. I'm now doing this church. And I'm telling you right now, people, the reason why God has not immediately taken them into eternal judgment is because his long-suffering and his mercy if there wasn't such a thing as a demarcation point for his mercy, there would be no such word used biblically as long suffering. It doesn't say eternal suffering. It doesn't say because of God's eternal suffering, because of God's eternal patience, wickedness just will just keep going on because God's just sitting there going, well, I don't know, someday I would like to do something, but I just, I just don't, I can't figure out what to do. And so I'm just eternally patient. God's not weak. God has moeds. He has appointed times. He has appointed times for all judgment. But God is long-suffering. He's merciful, and that's the only reason why all of us get away with what we get away with for any amount of time. But I'm here to tell you, in my spirit, his long-suffering is coming to an end. It's a demarcation point. It has to end, or else there wouldn't be such a thing as long-suffering. There would be nothing to be patient or long-suffering for if it went on forever. Do you understand? There has to be an end point that he says, no longer will I turn the other way and hope that you repent. No longer is, is it gonna be okay and, and I'm just gonna just have mercy on you and, and, just, and just send profits your way and send truth your way and I hope you repent and you use your free will. But there's a point that his fury and his wrath is going to explode. And so these men and women of these mega churches and these, these organizations, and they're yelling out, and here's God's man from Montana, Pastor blowing the nose, you know, and he comes. They have no fear or reverence or respect for the creator God of this universe, for this, for everything. And God says in verse two, for all those things, he's talking about the heavens and the earth, mine hand made, and all those things have been made, saith the Lord. So how are you going to build me a house? How are you going to build me an organization? How are you going to say you're God's man from Montana? When I made you, I made everything. 
And the Lord says to you, but to this man or human, will I look? I'm going to look for this human. I'm going to look for that person that is poor. What does that mean? Well, the, the, the Hebrew word is depressed in mind or in circumstances. It's afflicted. He's humble. They're lowly. They're needy. They're poor. What do they need? They need God. They're wretched, and they recognized their wretchedness. They recognize that they are nothing in themselves. They recognize that they are not God's man from Montana, but they recognize that they're just flesh and servants of the Most High. That's who God's looking for. He's not looking for these arrogant bastards, these apostate sons of Satan. And he's looking for people that have a contrite spirit. That means stricken or smitten. It's lamed. Their spirit is broken. He doesn't want arrogance. He doesn't want pride. A contrite spirit. And check this out, what God's looking for. Thus says the Lord, and trembleth at my word. God is looking for humans that are poor and contrite in spirit and tremble at his word. And that Hebrew word means fearful reverential, afraid, trembling. Folks, you have to be afraid of God's word. You have to be afraid when he says something, he means it. The only reason these people in apostate Christianity and Western cultural Christianity keep getting away with what they're doing is because they have no fear and reverence for God, they do not tremble at his word because God hasn't immediately struck him dead. That's right, because he's long-suffering. When the long-suffering ends, mark my words. And it's ending, 2019, is a year of chaos and destruction. 14 days into it, have you looked around? Have you looked at the magnetic pole shift of this earth? Have you looked at the locust invasion in Mecca? Have you seen the blue and purple skies everywhere? All those weird blinky things in the light in the skies? Floods? Have you seen all this? Have you seen all the people in perplexity wringing their hands, the nations? God says in verse three, he that killeth an ox is as if he slew a man. He that sacrificed the lamb is as if he cut off a dog's neck. He that offereth an oblation as if he offered swine's blood. He that burneth incense as if he blessed an idol. Okay, I'm going to stop there. What he's saying, these are all ritual practices that ancient Israel, Israel would do in the temple 
to God. They would kill an ox to God that shed the blood of an ox to God. They would sacrifice lambs. They would bring oblations, drink offerings, grain offerings. They would burn incense in the temple. You get it? What God is saying, those people that are doing that, but they don't have a contrite spirit, contrite heart, they don't tremble at his word. By them killing an ox and sacrificing unto me, unto Yahweh in my temple, is eth, is 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 eth, is as they committed human sacrifice. God says that. He says, He that killeth an ox is as if he slew a man. Human sacrifice. How many of you would go to church and the pastor has a human laid out on the altar and he says, Today we're going to worship God by killing uh, this baby. How many of you would stay for the service? But yet God says, this is what I see. I see through your hypocrisy, you liars, you apostate sons of Satan. I see right through you, you hypocrites. Go worship your pagan holiday. Bring it all into your home. Say you're Christian, defend it but I see right through you, you hypocrite. You kill an ox in my name, but it says you commit human sacrifice. And then God says, you kill a lamb into my name, but it's like you cut off a dog's neck. You sacrifice a dog to God. And he that offers oblation, you're gonna bring a grain offering. How about you're gonna pay your tithes to your church? You're gonna give them money. You're gonna, you're gonna give them your time. And God says, it's as if he offered swine's blood. How many of you would bring swine's blood to God at your church? He that burns incense to Yahweh is as if he blessed an idol. You see, in God's mind, he doesn't see the difference between your adulterous practices and your Christianity. He doesn't see the difference between your cultural Christian practices, your Hillsong music in your pastor, I don't know, Deflo Dollar or whatever the freaking names are, and pagan worship. He doesn't see the difference because it's all the same to him because these people are not poor and contrite in spirit and they tremble not at his word. They have no fear. They have no respect for God. Wow. And everything he said, dog's neck, human sacrifice, swine's blood, idol blessing is all pagan. There's no difference. And God continues and he says, yea, they have chosen their own ways. They chose to do this. Don't feel sorry when you watch them crash and burn. When you look around you and you see people and their lives are going to be in shambles, I guarantee it, and they're going to crash and burn in so many ways because they bring the curse on themselves of the detestable thing. They've chosen their own ways. They won't listen. I wrote a song about it. Why won't you listen? I wrote a song. I released it. As a single, it's everywhere on any, you can find it Amazon, iTunes. You, you can find it. Why won't you listen? I don't think a whole lot of people are listening to it. 
I don't know if they get it. I don't know if they understand what I was trying to say. Why won't you listen? They've chosen their own ways and their soul delighteth in their abominations. They have chosen their own ways and their soul delights in their abominations. They want their rock concert worship service. They want to feel good. They want the man, God's man from Montana. They want the screaming. They want the cheers. They delight in their abominations. And here's what God says to them and to those who follow him. For those who actually go to these places and follow him. God says, I will also choose their delusions. That means their wantonness, their vexation. I'm going to choose their own, their own destruction, their own vexations. I'm going to choose it. And I'm going to bring their fears. Those things that they fear, I'm going to bring their own fears on them. So if you're afraid of getting cancer, if you're afraid of losing all your finances, if you're afraid of your wife leaving you for another man or another woman, if you're afraid of your kids going uh, in prison, I, I mean, I go on and on. What's your fear? God says, I will choose your delusions. I'm going to bring their fears upon them because when I called, none did answer. Nobody listened. God's been calling, calling, calling. Hello? No one picks up the phone. Text me, God. Get me on Twitter. I'm too busy playing games. God says, when I spake, they did not hear, but they did evil before my eyes. Right, I'm right here. Hello, God says, I'm right here. I'm watching you. I'm sitting right across from you and you, you're doing evil in front of me and you choose that which I delight not in. You choose it on purpose. I don't delight in it. We're gonna do this. I'm gonna choose this. I'm gonna go, you know. Merry Christmas, Easter, all this stuff. I go, I mean, it's not just holidays. It's everything. The music, it's the culture. Hear the word of the Lord. Hear the word of the Lord. Hear it. Give ear. Discern it. Understand it. So that you tremble at his word. God says, your brethren that hated you, that cast you out for my name's sake, said, and they mocked, let the Lord be glorified, but he shall appear to your joy. They kicked you out because they don't like your biblical Christianity. You don't fit in with them. So they're trying to mold you. They're trying to get you to be them. They want. They keep inviting you to listen to their stupid whatever, just this mega pastor preacher guy that they listen to. They keep sending you junk. They don't want you to listen to it. Or they keep at what church you go to. I don't go to church anymore. God brought me out of the church. Oh, you mean you can't find a good church anywhere? No, I can't. Mm, yeah, well, yeah. Right? They're trying to suck you back in. They hate you because you, of God's namesake because you serve Yahweh and not the organization. Right? You don't serve the detestable things and they hate you for that. And they mock and they go, let God be glorified that he shall appear in your joy. We want to see you again. And God says to them, they shall be ashamed. See, that's God's word. When the long suffering, okay, when his patience runs out, 
It's going to hit the fan. It's going to hit the fan. And verse 6 says, God says, a voice of noise from the city. What is that? A voice from the temple? What is that? A voice? What are you talking about? I hear screaming. I hear clamor. I hear, oh, I hear noise. I hear bleeding and crackling. What? What? I hear thunder. I hear yelling. What is that? Coming from the city and from the temple. It's a voice of the Lord. And he rendereth recompense to his enemies. Rendereth. He's going to pay. He's going to reward. He's going to repay. He's going to perform. He's going to finish. He's going to do restitution. Recompense. He's going to deal with people. He's going to give them what they deserve to his enemies. That's the word we should be trembling at. That's the word we should be respecting. We have to fear and respect God because he says he is God. Heaven is my throne and the earth is my footstool. How dare you disrespect me? There's a voice coming. It's a noise from the city. It's a voice from the temple. It's a voice of the Lord. Listen for it because it's going to happen. We're going to skip because the rest of it, these talk about people that are following Christ, and I want to just concentrate on the apostates. So let's go to verse 14. And at the end of verse 14, it says, And the hand of the Lord shall be known towards his servants, and his indignation toward his enemies. His indignation, his rage, his anger is going to be known toward his enemies. You're going to see it. With your eyes, you're going to see it all around you. If you're in God and you're a servant of God and you only serve the most high God, Yahweh, he's going to tell you, go hide yourself for a while. Close up your door. Go hide yourself until my wrath is over. You're not going to only see it with your eyes. It's going to be weird from your seat. You're going to, whoa, look at these guys falling left and right. You better be in God. Verse 15 says, behold, God says, look, the Yahweh, okay, Yehovah, the eternal God, the Yahweh will come. It's not like maybe, maybe someday when I think about it, well, when I get time, when I'm not playing, you know, games on Facebook, maybe. He says, behold, the Lord will, will, will come with fire. Fire. Hebrew word is burning. Flames, fire, it's very hot, very hot. He's going to come with fire and with chariots, which means chariot. Look at that any way you want. Maybe those little blinky lights, those little orbs you see in the sky, maybe those are chariots. I'm not sure. But he's going to come with fire and with his chariots like a whirlwind, like a tornado, folks, like a tempest, like a storm you've never seen before. And what he's gonna, what is he gonna do? He's gonna render, here's the word again, he's gonna render his anger with fury, with rage, with venom, with wrath, with displeasure. You get it? Those are the Hebrew words. He's not going to come with long suffering when he does this. He's not coming with his mercy when he does this. When he does this, he's coming in judgment. 
to his enemies. Who's are his enemies? Those who don't have a humble and contrite spirit who do not fear and tremble at his word. Look around you, use that definition, and you'll be able to point it out with ease. With ease. He's going to render his anger with fury and his rebuke with flames of fire. For by fire and by his sword, his axes, his knives, his daggers, his sword, his cutting instruments, will the Lord plead with all flesh. The word plead is a courtroom term. It means to judge or govern or vindicate or punish as a lawgiver. It's a court pleading. It's an execution. It's not a pleading like, I'm going to plead with you. Please don't stop. It's a, I'm executing judgment on all flesh, on all bodies of all humans, on everything. Yahweh said, I made the heavens. I said, the heavens is a throne. Earth is my footstool. I've made all of this. So I'm going to destroy all of this when I want to, when I've appointed my time. I'm giving you time to repent. He's going to come by fire and by sword. Will the Lord plead with all flesh? Will execute judgment on all flesh? And the slain, and the slain, fatally wounded people, people that are pierced, people that are going to die eternally, the slain of the Yahweh, those are the ones he's killed, shall be many, multiplied going to be many folks and then he talks about more apostates more Calvary Chapel people and John MacArthur and Rick Warren and I you know all in on all in on all, all the he, he talks about all all these guys and women Joyce Myers oh she's a rock star oh my god oh my god on these videos Calvary Chapel conference they had the, they, they welcome Joyce Meyer as the best Bible teacher that's ever existed. Everybody give her a big hand. Bow down and worship the goddess in your gardens. You fools. Verse 17, God says, they that sacrifice themselves and purify themselves in the gardens. This is pagan practice. God is not writing to pagans. God is not telling Isaiah to write to the Goyim. God is writing to his people, Israel, at the time. And he's writing to his people at this time. They that sanctified themselves and purified themselves in the gardens, behind one tree in the midst. See, they go to the gardens and they worship the trees. They're in the groves. Oh, the Christmas tree doesn't mean nothing. I don't worship no tree. It's detestable. God says they sanctify. They make themselves holy in Satan. They consecrate themselves to Satan. They sanctify, they prepare, they dedicate, and they become holy, and they separate and concentrate themselves to Satan and they purify themselves. They clean themselves ceremonial to Satan in the gardens of Satan, behind the trees, in the midst. 
and they eat swine's flesh and the abomination of the mouse. These were all pagan practices. They ate the mouse. The Philistines ate the mouse. They worshiped the mouse. They worshiped it. It was, it was, it was a deity to them, the mouse. And they eat swine's flesh. All these are abominations to God and they do it. You know what God says about these people? They shall be consumed. What does that word mean? It means to be terminated, snatched away, consumed, have an end, perish. They cease to be. God says they shall be consumed together, all together in union and united. In one fell swoop, they shall be consumed together, saith the Yahweh. Think about it. They that purify themselves and purify, they sanctify themselves and purify themselves, the gardens behind the trees in the midst, and they eat swine's flesh. Pagans do that, but you know who else does that? People pretending that they're serving God and they serve Satan because they have no fear or respect for God and his word. They don't read this and go, oh, this is going to happen to me. They don't have a humble and a contrite spirit. They're arrogant and they're haughty. And they think that preaching the gospel and having the ministry is a ways of gain to get money, to fleece the flock. So Pastor Greg could buy his wife a Lamborghini. And apparently he just confessed that he was having an affair on his wife. Henceforth the Lamborghini. Men of God! Pastor Gray eats the mouse and he drinks swine's blood and eats swine's flesh in the gardens. And here's what God says to Pastor Gray. He says, I know their works and their thoughts. <laughs> yeah. That's right. God knows your works and he knows your thoughts. And let's skip down and let's talk about there's a new heaven and a new earth coming. Those who are in God are going to be in that part of that new heaven and new earth. But let's go down and let's go to verse 23 and it says, and it shall come to pass that from one new moon to another and from one Sabbath to another shall all flesh, all humanity come to worship before me, saith the Lord. That's when he creates a new heaven and a new earth. And those that are in God have put this old crappy satanic system behind them. And guess what's going to happen? Those who tremble at God's word in fear and respect the Yahweh, the one that says, the heavens are my throne and the earth is my footstool. What are you going to do? The ones that respect and fear Yahweh that are poor in spirit, they're contrite and they're humble and they realize they are nothing without him. And that their whole existence, their whole breath, every, every breath you take is because he allows you to take it. Because he's long-suffering, he's merciful. Your heart at beat, every, every beat is only because he allows it. And those that respect that and fear that, they shall go forth and look upon the carcasses of the humans that have transgressed against Yahweh. 
That's what God said in verse 24. And they shall go forth and look upon the carcasses of humanity that have transgressed against me. For their worm shall die not. Their worm. It's it's usually a dye made from the dried body of the female of the worm. It's a maggot, a crimson grub, scarlet worm. For their worm shall die not. Neither shall their fire, their flames, their burning be quenched. Won't be put out forever. And they, those who do not fear God and have respect or reverence for him, shall be unabhorring. It means repulsive, an object of aversion, contempt. Ugh. Unto all humans, all flesh. You're going to see him with your eyes. You're going to see him burning forever. And you're not going to go, I feel sorry for him. No. Because they chose. They chose. They made their choices to pretend to sacrifice an ox to God, yet they committed human sacrifice. To pretend they sacrificed a lamb to God, and yet they're cutting a dog's neck. To pretend to offer worship and oblations to God, but yet they offer swine's blood. They pretend to burn incense on the Yahweh, but they bless an idol. And they've chosen their own ways, and their own soul delights. It delights or happy in their very own abominations. The eating of the mouse, the drinking of the swine blood, the pagan rituals, they delight in them and they justify them and it's okay because there's a big gray area because once saved, always saved. They said a little prayer way back when and God, I'm covered. I'm good, I'm good. I'm a struggling Christian. I'm just a struggling Christian. I'm a carnal Christian. You better listen to God's words. If they don't make you afraid, they don't make you tremble, they'll see you on the other side. But for me and my house, we're going to serve Yahweh. I'm going to leave you with a, uh, a brand new tune I wrote. I just released it yesterday. So it should be available on all online retailers pretty soon. And I call it Judgment Day. Judgment Day. And I wrote it just for these uh, these times. Good night. Pray to God that he reveals to you truth. Give him praise for his mercy and long-suffering. If you need to repent, do so. Ask God to reveal to, to you those things that are displeasing and that are, that are causing separation, that are causing problems. Repent. Go the other way. Don't do it ever again. Be blessed and live eternal life. Don't be cursed. Here we wait for judgment day. Eyes were told to watch and pray. Help me, Lord, to firmly stay.
son of man. No my trouble or dismay. Waiting for the judgment day. Sun and moon will soon go dark. Oh, man.